Deer found her. As you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Deer Found Her podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I am Lindsay Pinchuk, your host, and I'm incredibly excited about today's episode. Number one, we've never had a female hotelier on Dear Founder. So that is the first reason why I'm so excited. The second reason I'm so excited is because today's guest, Jersey Banks, who is the co-founder of the Urban Cowboy brand, has taken a lifestyle brand that went from a Airbnb to a hotel to a boutique hotel with numerous locations. And now they have taken what they do, which is creating incredible spaces, and they have started a creator lab. And they have an agency basically creating experiential events and doing design for clients. So they really have taken this brand and extended it. And I love this story. So if today's conversation inspires you, I want you to share it with a friend, share it on social media, tag me at Lindsay Pinchuk. I will absolutely Absolutely, come and say hi. Or make sure you leave us a review on Apple or subscribe to the show because all of these conversations we have here are so amazing and important. And the more people hear them, the better. It helps us to get discovered. It helps us to spread the knowledge and wisdom that we share here each and every week from these amazing female founders. And it helps our community grow. But most important, it helps our mission to support as many female founders and entrepreneurs as we possibly can. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here. I know you have so many choices when it comes to podcasts. So today's guest, Jersey Banks, like I said, is incredible. In May of 2014, Jersey Banks and her partner and designer, Leon Porter, created Urban Cowboy Brooklyn and it exploded into an international sensation in the first six months the property was open. You'll hear her tell the story about how that happened. Soon, their home became a staple of Brooklyn culture, a place where big ideas went to grow and lifelong friends were made. The Cowboy expanded to Nashville and continued to evolve into the special community of friends and creatives coming from all over the world to enjoy the experiential design and community that is drawn into the spaces. With locations in some of the country's most exciting hotspots for creativity and natural beauty, the Urban Cowboy brand has become synonymous with unforgettable memories and inspired design. Please come on in and meet the one, the only, the amazing Jersey Banks. All right, welcome back to another episode of Dear Found Her. I am incredibly excited about today's guest because as I just shared with her, she is the first female hotelier that we have had on the show. And we haven't had very many people in the hospitality industry, but what she has created is amazing. Her properties look, I mean, if talk about Instagrammable, it's they're 
beautiful and cool and you're going to want to check them out. So you're going to have to click the link in the show notes for her Instagram. But Jersey Banks is here and she is the founder of Urban Cowboy and the Dive Hotel. And I'm so excited that you're here. So thank you for being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here as well. So you are a dancer by background. That is I was, yes. <laughs> and so how did you get into hospitality? I would love for you to share your story and tell us a little bit about your brand. Okay, great. Um, well, yes, I was a dancer. I started dancing at the tender age of three, got really serious about it, serious enough to make it a professional move for myself when I turned 18, graduated high school and moved to New York. Um, and you know, I was, I'm from Denver, Colorado. So the, the, the dynamic between Denver and New York is pretty significant when it comes to, um, just living and quality of life. And then also just, um, the dynamic between being a person in high school and a person who lives on their own is, is a huge jump as well. And I quickly found myself doing, you know, everything under the sun to make ends meet in the city. So, um, hospitality is a natural kind of um, step into the workforce for performing artists because they're, you know, training and doing their craft all day. And then, you know, it's the, the typical story of the starving artist. You like work at the restaurant and you hate your job and all the things and you can never find time to do your art. And um, that was kind of my foray into hospitality. I, I eventually got into nightlife um, and I also eventually stopped dancing uh, got burnout and injured and all of the fun things that happen to your body. Um, that was when I was like 20 in my early twenties, like 22, 23. And I had a friend who was a finance guy who, um, basically told me that I, I had no skills. You know, he's like, you don't have any skills. Like you need a career, but you don't have any skills. You went to college for dance. Like you can't put that on a resume and like get a real job. He's like, but you know, you could do, he's like, you can use your network and you can get into real estate. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll get my real estate license. Sales seems like a great idea. I can make my own schedule and like all the fun things. Um, and I got into real estate and I hated it. Everyone was terrible. And uh, I, but I did end up meeting my partner and um I was kind of a terrible employee. I very quickly stopped showing up to work and he never fired me. So I eventually found out about the holiday party because I was still getting all the company emails and I hadn't been to work in probably six months. I went to the holiday party and he was like one of the first people I saw and I panicked and was like, oh my God, he's going to tell me I don't work here anymore. He's going to kick me out. And like, I just wanted to like go have fun, you know? and he didn't. He was like, so glad you're here. You know, like he was so excited. And we, you know, we, we didn't have much of a relationship while I was working there, obviously, because I wasn't a producer. <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't closing any deals. I wasn't doing anything. And um, I don't know. I, I, we just, we hung out all night. He, he ended up like next to me all night for some reason. And he just kept showing me pictures of this construction site on his phone. And he was like, I'm building this townhouse. And he's like, this is where the bathtub's going to be. And like, this is this. And I was like, dude, I don't care. Like, leave me alone. I, I'm trying to like drink and dance. And you're like showing me a construction site on your phone. Like, I'm not interested. 
but somehow, you know, from that moment, um, we, we stayed on, we stayed friends. We kept talking every day and the construction site he was showing me is what eventually became our first property. It was the first urban cowboy here in Brooklyn. So eventually I came to see it and he was like, you Airbnb'd your apartment one time, like you could totally run this. <laughs> and I was like, what? No, this is a terrible idea. Like, no. <laughs> and I don't know. He's really good at getting me to eventually say yes. He turns a lot of my no's into yeses. And I ended up running this hotel with him that we we opened. It was a five-bedroom, very mom and pop bed and breakfast. Um that was beautifully designed and neither of us knew anything about hotels. And when we opened our doors, we, I didn't even know how to like charge a credit card. Like I was like, someone walked in our first guest, we had them booked, you know, it was like someone's mom and dad were coming to stay at the B and B of their, like their cool New York friends. And they were like, well, how do we pay you? And I was like, um, cash oh my god (laughs) they were like do we do you take credit cards I was like I don't know what we do actually (laughs) so when you guys first launched the first property did it have a name was it called urban cowboy was there any branding like no so how did it go from being this like very loosey-goosey airbnb bed and breakfast that you were kind of running because you were put into that situation to a branded entity. So fast forward just a few weeks, um, we got popular very fast. We were very excited about our space and our venture and having space in New York City is such a commodity and also to allow it to be open to people without like without a a transaction. Like we were inviting people over. We were partying with everyone. We were pouring a lot of free booze and just having people be around and showing it off. And um, it just, you know, word of mouth was a big one. So word of mouth goes around, people start finding out and we get a call from New York Magazine. And they were like, we want to do an article about you. This is this disruptive thing that you're doing in the hospitality industry, right? And we were like, sure, like come do an interview with us. And we spent the night with a reporter, uh, Joe Coscarelli from New York Mag. I don't think he's with New York Mag anymore, but that he was then. And he was like, I can't run this article unless you have a name. Like we didn't have a website. We didn't have a name. We didn't have a booking system. We had nothing. You know, I was doing it on a Google calendar and like answering emails myself and like cleaning every room and like it, there was nothing, you know. Um, we were like, okay, so we're, we did like the, the synonym game where you like think of a word and all the cinnamon synonyms that come with it. And you try to think of a name and we're like, what are we, what are we about? Like there wasn't a a big business plan or like a branding idea. Um, but we are, you know, by design, we have this rustic, um, Western, uh, feel and you know, we have this beautiful blue spruce in the front yard. And we were really vibing on the idea of what a cowboy is. And 
we kind of ran with that. It's like freedom, the West, you know, that, that great exploration and, you know, freedom became an underlying theme. That's still a, a huge part of our brand um, that we won't let go. Um, that freedom of exploration in our spaces. And I mean, I, and I, I'm going to let you know a little secret. We had never seen the movie Urban Cowboy. So it wasn't from that, but okay. it, you know, we're in an urban space. Yeah. <laughs> we're in an urban space. We have this cowboy vibe. We're in love with cowboys and what they kind of stand for. And, you know, all genders aside that they're cowboys. Um, and yeah, that just kind of stuck. So we gave that name and from there, you know, you can, we fast forward, you know, a couple of months and we have this, you have Instagram happening. And Instagram at the time, this is 2014, like was instant. People instant. And yeah. the algorithm <laughs> gave you followers. Like it's Truly, not like it is it. now. No, you just it's had not to like post. It is now. You just had to post. So I was like, oh, someone reached out to us about like a photographer at the time. Because photographers were the ones who like had profiles that had tons of followings on Instagram. It was like some models were up there for sure, but it's only because they were getting great images, you know? And so we had a photographer reach out, Jared Chambers, and he said, I want to come stay with you. I I want the whole house. I want $5,000. And he's like, I want the whole house for a week. And like, he was like, had this like running list of things. And I was like, well, no, like you, you could stay in the cabin for like two nights and like, that's it. <laughs> and he was like, great, I'll be there tomorrow. And I think they just, we learned right then, like that this, that could be a thing from his stay. And then he started inviting other photographers to come stay. And he kind of, another word of mouth situation happened in that community. And we became an Instagrammable property because we already were because of the way that Lion designs, we design in vignettes and it just, it happened. It works that way, you know, like He's better at set design than. But home you were design. designing in vignettes before that was even a thing. Yes. I this mean, now it's we like you, there are places that you go. Like I took my child and her friends for her birthday to a place called Selfie World that was 20 vignettes. You know what oh I mean? My God. I know. What a great idea. <laughs> I know. But as a parent, you're, you're like, oh my God, I can't oh believe God. I'm condoning this, right? But they wanted to go. They wanted, they got like great TikToks, great videos. Like that's what they wanted to do. And I was like, I might as well spend the money there than go to Dave and Buster's where they're going to TikTok and Instagram anyway. Right. Yeah. So but you guys were very much ahead of the game in terms of making your space Instagrammable because right. at the time that was not even that wasn't a thing. thing. Yeah. It's December and you know what that means. The holidays are here. And like always, dear founder and Lindsay Pinchuk, we are here to support you in all of your gift giving needs. Please make sure you head over to lindsaypinchuk.com for our giant female founded holiday gift guide. And this year is a little bit different. Almost every single gift, 75 of them are under a hundred dollars. You're also going to want to make sure you enter to win an American Express gift card worth $250 to help you with all of your shopping needs this season. Happy holidays, everyone. So when you, what happened when the article came out? Um, it took off. So that there was that trajectory where we got great press immediately. That was one of the first articles ever written. And then you know, how the press cycle works, like someone picks up on one thing and then they ask you the same 10 questions for their own article and blah, blah, blah. 
Um, and so AD picked up on it. Now we were like in a design magazine and then we were in travel and leisure. And then, you know, so we had this very organic um, attention grabbing. But that, you did because of the way it looked. I mean, you had, that's, yeah. that was like the clincher, right? I mean, it was, yeah. it was not so there's the way that it like, looked. And then there was also because at the time there was no, the boutique hotels weren't a thing, especially in Brooklyn. Um, and it's, we were a B and B, you know, we were a townhouse with five rooms and we served breakfast and like, it was like mom and pop and cute and Airbnb was kind of blowing up. And this was like during the, the hotel lobby was having an, a war with Airbnb and it was like in New York anyway. And um, so there was like a lot of a little, there was a lot of disruptive little things that we kind of just were able to grab onto without knowing it. Um, well, that, and I was going to ask yeah. you that, like, did you realize or is it only looking back that you realize only looking back? So like you had said at the, and this was, I wrote this down. You had said at the top of the conversation that you were approached by um, New York Magazine because you were being disruptive. So I'd love for you to put that kind of into a, like some concise bullet points of things that you were doing and now looking back that you know you did that were disruptive. I think that could be very right. helpful for the people who are listening. Okay, so the boutique space for boutique hospitality was very limited. There was one boutique hotel really one hotel in Brooklyn called the wife in Williamsburg um and nothing else now there's a ton of hotels now there's you know 40 of them um so we were we were entering that space in a different way we also were we had this um open door policy at a time where exclusivity was still a big thing like going to clubs standing in line doing bottle service all of these things and we were like fuck that, you know, like, let's, let's allow people to just come into our space and have a good conversation. And they can be the, they can be the reason that they're there, you know? Um, Cause we were just over it. Like who wants to be a part of that? And there was also um, this, you know, where we're located, there wasn't a lot of stuff over here. We're in a house. We're not a commercial building. Um, we don't have a bar, we don't have a restaurant, but we had food and we had booze. And, you know, those are kind of the pivotal things. We also weren't designed like a typical hotel space. It was very much a dream home that, you know, we turned, we just opened to people to stay in. So there was like, there was that, there was the price point, there was the feeling of the experience. There was also, um, we were welcoming people into the space, but it was also still very hard to stay there. We were curating who could stay. So I would be like, okay, I know that a photographer is coming and a scientist, and I'm not going to put then, you know, like a politician with them. I'm going to put, I'm going to put this other person who I think is going to, you know, kind of form the the trio for this well, conversation. So it was that's also kind of like room. you were creating a community Yes. around your space without even really the guests knowing. Yeah, exactly. Like you wanted them to interact and to kind of have that community feel. Yeah. So it's like you had to email me to get in and you couldn't just book online. It wasn't like an open forum thing where you could just do it yourself. It was like, hey, I want to come stay during these dates. And I would have to like physically put you in the calendar with this other group of people and make sure it felt right, you know? 
So let's fast forward to today because your brand is far greater than your one location that started (laughs) as kind of an Airbnb. And that's why we're talking today. Yeah. So tell us where you are today. So today we are, we have our, we have three properties. We no longer run our Brooklyn property as a bookable property. It is the home of our creative studio that we have just launched. Um, Our creative studio houses our in-house creative team that does all of our projects experiential to from design to experiential. And um, we have a property in the Catskills in New York, a big lodge, um, which was our dream property. We have a property in Nashville under the Urban Cowboy name as well. Um, that's an eight suite Victorian mansion. And we also have the Dive Motel, which is a 23 room motel <laughs> with a pool party vibe. And it's like, every room is different. It's very seventies themed. It's There's very disco cool. balls in every room. There's a party on a switch. It's like a switch you pop on and like the disco ball starts turning music comes on. It's a real vibe, um, and a dive bar and a swim club and all the things. And then we are about to open within the year, um, a property in Denver, Colorado. Congratulations. My my hometown. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, and also though, this, this brand just fits so well into Denver and everything that's been going on there in the last five to seven years as well. I mean, it's seen such an amazing boom in terms of the hospitality industry, both hotels and restaurants. So that's really, really awesome. So how what was it that made you go from this one property to say, okay, now we're going to open up another property? Like, you know, that's, that's a big jump to make. And when did you realize that you would be able to do that from a business standpoint, keeping the business viable, obviously? Um, we learned pretty, we, we got it pretty early on. Um, we had so many people that were staying with us. I mean, this is kind of the benefit of being being really, really in what you're doing when you first start doing it. Because if you're in service, which we were to people, the people were telling us what they wanted. They were like, you should go here and you should go here and you should go here. And like, let's do this other one. And like, I will do one with you. And I live here and like, I'll run it. And like, so you're kind of like, you see the excitement around it. And um, you're like, okay, maybe, maybe we do want more. Do we want these in other places? Is this something we want to do? And of course, we have no idea what that means. We have no idea how hard that is. <laughs> you know, we're just like, we're dreaming. We're like, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't we visit Nashville and see if we like it? And we did. And we found a property within like an hour of being there on accident. <laughs> and we were like, well, we like it. We love it. We can afford it. Like, let's see if we like Nashville. And then we did. And it just kind of started opening up these, these waves for us, this lifestyle for us that we were really interested in and it was fun so we were like of course let's proceed on and then as you start to build and you run into all the problems later you realize you know the magnitude of the thing that you've taken on but if you still like it and you're still having fun then you just you keep doing it you know so how have things changed in terms of your operations because you were just telling me how it was really exclusive to book at the Brooklyn location and you chose who booked with who now, obviously you have online booking. That's a, that's probably a thing of the past. So 
How, how is it different now? Um, so yeah, that's one of the big things we, we are, we are more accessible, um, only because the, the task of curating such, um, an intimate experience on larger properties is really, really, really difficult for anyone all the time consistently and keeping them full and, you know, um, creating a, a business that can sustain itself. Um, so yes, we are much more accessible. Um, we do, however, you know, the experience piece hasn't changed that much. We're very, very, very hands-on. You do still have to email quite a bit. You're still in touch with someone who you are going to meet and you will see on property and they will probably check you in and carry your bag to your room and light some Palo Santo and wave it around in front of you. And like, it's still, it's still very intimate in that sense. Um, but because, you know, the, the thing for us was about creating genuine connection with people between host and, and guests so that the service model didn't feel so much like servitude. Um, so that is still very much a part of it. But yes, we we are bigger. We have a lot more amenities now. Um, in places, we have mini bars. We have, um, we really elevated our design as well to be more um stay friendly for someone who you know doesn't have a kitchen or um isn't isn't looking for that is looking for more of a getaway uh the house was very much a shared bathroom like shared kitchen shared communal space and we've just removed some of those really homey elements that um give you a little more of a luxe experience I would say so how important is that level of intimacy as you guys get bigger? Because you're going to get bigger. You're not going to, you know, be scaling back. So how important is it to keep that human touch point? How important is it? Is it to your brand? It's, it is, it is our brand, you know, it's very, very important. Um, I don't think it's something we would ever be willing to lose, even if we scale, you know, in the boutique space, you can go up to like a hundred rooms or something, 150 rooms. And even if we open a property to that scale, it's still so important to us that people feel that, you know, and every location has like a different, you have to get creative on, on how you give that experience. Um, like our lodge, for instance, we have all kinds of obstacles with creating that. We have five separate buildings and like sometimes people don't even ever leave their room or there's a blizzard and like they're in a separate building and you just don't see them or, you know, it's, there's weather, there's all kinds of things. They're not always just in a space where you can grab them. So yeah, you have to get really creative, but I mean, it, our staff and our team are so passionate about that part of it. And the people that we bring on and that we keep on and that stay with us are, it's something that they really care about. And it's part of the reason they're with us. So everyone's like pretty dedicated to that one element of really having it feel genuine, you know, like you're genuinely staying with someone who wants you to stay with them. I love that because I feel like so much of that has been lost. Yeah. You know, in, in hospitality and just also in the world, you know, I mean, there's just so it, people are so yeah. reliant on their device and like, n don't want to talk to people and, you know, mobile pickup and you, like all that stuff. Right. And so it's like to absolutely. And that's great. It's just different. You know, it's just something that it's just a different experience, you know.
With less than one month left of 2022, the new year is upon us. Are you ready? I recently shared seven actionable tips in a solo episode of Dear Founder to help you to prepare your business to take on 2023. But if you need a little bit of extra help, I've developed a one-on-one package. You and I can sit down and we can get you set up in any one of these areas. Content planning, social media strategy, email marketing, events, or partnerships. We could also talk about publicity. Click the link in my show notes for more information. These packages are very limited moving into the new year, so grab them before they're gone if you need a little bit of extra help. I'm really excited to meet you, to get to know you, and to help you to get ready to tackle 2023. So you just told me, you know, your story about growth and expansion and um, kind of how a lot happened because the stars aligned and kismet and whatnot, but what's been the biggest challenges for you guys? Um, outside of the global pandemic, um, I would say, you know, we are, we very quickly moved from, you know, having a little project of our own into being in the people business. So, you know, creating a team has been probably one of the bigger challenges, um, creating a team of people who really, really care hospitality by nature is um a revolving door um not a lot of people stay on and it, and that's you know you, when you have hourly employees versus sal- salary employees that's just a natural thing people are moving on to bigger and better things they're moving on to their dream jobs it's 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 kind of a it's a job where they can leave and so creating upward momentum creating things that people want to continuously be a part of that's, you know, that's always a struggle. Um, it's one of the reasons I think that we also are in, in the expansion side of things. It's because we want more and more to feed the team, you know? Right. And that's just as important to us as growing the business and the brand and all of the things. What happened during the pandemic? I mean, I know, obviously, we know right. what happened during the pandemic, but <laughs> talk to me about how you guys handled the pandemic and how it, how you in, handled the impact on your brand. Yeah, so we, um, every location was different. We had a property in Nashville, which is very much in the South. So their, their thoughts towards the pandemic were entirely different than our property in New York, in the Catskills where we had a team that basically isolated in the woods together. (laughs) And we, so we opened the Catskills a week before a shutdown, which was um, pretty difficult because we had just spent, you know, a year plus putting together an entire program that was based on this communal idea of being together. And we had like big communal tables in the restaurant and we were going to do like shared plates. And yeah, no. And then a week later, they're like, don't touch anyone. You know, they're like, don't be next to anyone. And we were like, well, I guess the restaurant's closed and the hotel is closed. And like, how do we, it was, you know, a big rush to get reopened. We also had to shut down in Nashville. We had to shut down our bar here as well. In Nashville, we were a city. So we got like a to-go thing happening and like, kind of reopened rooms and we're doing a modified cleaning schedule and like um it was it was rough we we did have to lose a lot of our staff um which 
was hard considering we had built what we thought was like our dream team in the Catskills, our first like really uh, experienced team. And we had to narrow, we had to whittle it down to two people, which was really rough. And they also, you know, they did an amazing job, but I think they, they suffered for it because it was two people running an entire property. Um, And, but we ended up building it back up and it's thriving now, but yeah, I mean, I was also pregnant at the time. Um, <laughs> so it was pretty rough on my partner because I couldn't really help him at all. I couldn't be yeah. on property anywhere because um, I couldn't be around people at all. And so he had to take on a lot of the operations that I don't think he had taken on before, and which was a great learning experience for him, but also really just a stressful, t- tough time. But, you know, you we got creative. We stopped panicking about losing everything because it wasn't unique to us. You know, we were like, if we lose, if we're, we might lose everything, but it's like, we won't be the only ones and everyone will have to rebuild and we're resourceful. It'll be, we'll figure it out, you know. Um, but until then, let's try to get that money and pay people. <laughs> you know? how, how has motherhood changed how you do business and how has, like, because you are not necessarily in the most friendly space for moms. Let's just no. call it that. Okay. Because yeah. you know, I know what's friendly to moms and hospitality is not. So like how, has, how has, you know, be, becoming a mom changed the way that you do business? I mean, it's definitely changed the hours that I do business during. Um, it's changed the way that I get to engage with people. It used to be very simple. I could socialize with them in the bar, having a cocktail, doing the things, you know, I was very autonomous. I could travel to all of my properties and be with my team whenever I needed to and pick up, you know, kind of be the sacrificial lamb whenever that needed to happen. And like, I just can't do that anymore. So you, we just have to be a lot smarter about the decisions that we make. Hospitality is a very reactionary business. You know, every day is different. Every day is new. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of moment to moment situations that like can change everything for your day on a dime. And uh, we've just had to really we've had to really um, think about you know who's going to take on the stuff, which one of us is going to do it. You know, who's going to take on the kid and who's going to take on the stuff, and um, I think that's also just us building our team, you know, and part of why the creative studio is so important as well. And it's, um, we have more brand than we have rooms, you know, so doing brand expansion is part of a creative endeavor for us. And it's something that I think we kind of lost sight of because we were just in the muck of day-to-day operations and having a kid and being together for stuck in a house for a year straight kind of like whipped us back into wait why are we doing this and what is it about really and is this a lifestyle that we're still enjoying and I think the creative studio has really been it was uh you know kind of an answer to that as well um it's been the thing that brought us back into a creative space um it got us out of the muck of day-to-day operations and has been, you know, a source of 
creativity for us again and inspiration around the brand. Um, I don't know if you heard this, but I was saying we have way more brand than we have rooms and the brand deserves uh, expansion as well. And so me, I'm now the CEO of the creative studio. I've taken that on and that allows me a more, um, I would say like fixed day hourly. So I have, I have real hours that I work now, which is also when I have a nanny and when the baby's in school and like, it's really that schedule. It's very set in stone. Um, I also still, of course, still with all of the, the, the backlash of the reactionary things that happen in hospitality, but it's, it's less on me and more on my team to kind of handle those things. And so, you know, for us, like we want, we want to grow this brand. Um, we want to grow it into other things that we are passionate about. And it's not just hotels. Um, and it has the opportunity for that because it very much is lifestyle. It's very much experience. It's very much events. It's very much um, collaboration with other people that we are interested in or who are interested in us and like new relationships and opportunities. So um, of course the team, building out the team was a lot. There was <laughs> anytime you do something new that takes on, you know, quite a bit of uh, manpower and energy and time suck while you try to figure out how exactly it's going to work. But it's, you know, it's, it's really important for us, I think, to have gotten back into the, why are we doing this? And do we really enjoy it? And that is, that is the studio for us, you know, like, I don't think anyone, I don't think we, either of us wanted to get bogged down into just the day-to-day -day operations of hotel life. And so we're trying to, again, create more opportunities and feed the team and feed these creative minds that we've invited in, um, who are so wonderful and have so much to give and like, you know, steer them in this brand path, you know? So I think that that's an incredible, um, realization to say that you have more brand than you have room and to take that brand to like outside of the hotel business and to feed it the way that you're talking about. How do you feed it and monetize it? What are some of the things that you guys are looking to do with your brand? Anything you can share? Obviously, I know you probably there are some things you probably can't or won't and that's okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, so far we've done, so like I was saying before, the creative studio is our in-house creative team. So our first projects are things like doing Denver together and doing, you know, we started kind of at the lodge and then we've built up the team and now we can do Denver together. And um, our, we, we say that we're like a full service um, creative studio. So you can kind of come to us for whatever. And we're totally open to any opportunity that we think could be fun or interesting or monetizable. Um, so for instance, we did an event with Red Bull where we did Red Bull Unlocked with them um, in Nashville. We helped design and curate this, you know, this little takeover of a corner of, of Nashville, of East Nashville, where they brought in, you know, like some big players in the restaurant bar scene um, and the music scene and just did a pop-up of all of them in different houses and in the alleyways and like I just had thousands of people roll through and like DJs and all of the things um, and that's like 
that's just a fun thing to do, you know, like it's great to work with a brand like Red Bull. It's great to do something fun with people that we care about in Nashville and like invite them in to do something fun with us. Um, and like things like that. Uh, there's an event side, there's an experience side. We're also obviously into the design space. So taking on private design clients is huge. And whether that's just for an event or it's for a, a private residence or another hotel aspect or brand building with someone, these are all the things that we kind of love and that our team is really great at. I love that you have taken this hotel brand that you created <laughs> and expanded it into a very serviceable agency. I mean, that's like, it's genius really and truly because, and, and also, I mean, obviously, hopefully we never go back to like having, you know, the pandemic and whatnot, but you know, I, I, I think that the pandemic really showed every business owner that we can't put all of our eggs in one basket. Right. And what you just right. described to me is not putting all your eggs in one basket and not even close. And the hotels are great and they're beautiful and they will continue to live on, on, on Instagram and social media and people will continue to book them. But to have another side of your business that's generating revenue in a completely different space is incredible. Yeah. I mean, really and truly. Um, I have two more questions for you. So yeah. the first is you told me at the top of this conversation that an old friend told you you had no skills. <laughs> and I would like for you to think back and think about all that you've accomplished since then. And what would you say to that friend? Oh, I mean, we're still friends. It's okay. I throw it in his face all the time. <laughs> but I I'm love like, that you now. <laughs> well, I love that it's part of your story and that you share that because there are so, you know, so many female founders have those moments in those stories where someone, you know, tried to take them down before they were even anything. And yeah, whether or not that was your friend's intention, you know, someone told you, you didn't have any skills and like, here you are with this amazing brand and it's really awesome. So Thank congratulations. You. Thank you. And then my last question for you is really what I wrap up with everyone. And that would be, what are three actionable steps that you would tell another female founder who's just starting to get off the ground right now? I would say, okay, one, make sure you are operating in a space that you care about. You have to care. Um, you don't have to know everything about it, but, but you have to care. I would say, don't be afraid to be your absolute self in it. You know, um, I don't think that there's one, that there's ever a direct line to success. There's nothing tangential about like getting to what success is. And also don't define success for yourself too early. Let it, let it shape itself, let it become. When you're starting something, you don't know what it is gonna be. It's a work in progress. It's gonna, it's gonna build outward in multiple directions that you can't decide. Or and you control. are the epitome of that. So thank you. And thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and wisdom. Jersey Banks, founder of Urban Cowboy. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to share your story. Thank you. So like I said, I love today's story and I hope that you did too. Jersey is incredible. And what she and her partner have built with their brand 
like I said, starting from this Airbnb, going to a boutique hotel brand, and now having this creative agency is really incredible. And it's such an incredible way that they looked into the brand and what it did and created extensions for driving revenue. So lots of takeaways from today's conversation. As always, I'm going to share my five favorites. Make sure that you click the link in the show notes below and get on my email list because I'll send you more and I'll also send you tips on how to grow your business each and every week. So for now, here are my five top takeaways. Number one, think about how word of mouth can help you to grow your business. When you have a visual product, think about how you can share it and who can share it. Number two, when you have a level of customer service, the human touch point is your brand. Your service is everything. Number three, before motherhood, you're very autonomous. Once you're a mom, you can't necessarily do everything whenever you want anymore. So you have to plan ahead. You have to be smarter about your decisions, especially if you're working in the hospitality industry where things can change on a dime. Number four, think about new revenue streams and how you can drive revenue outside of your core product. How can you expand your brand? Urban Cowboy has now taken on design clients, experiential events, and they've done so through an agency that embodies their brand. Number five, don't define success for yourself too early when you're starting something that you don't know what it is going to be. You want to build your brand outward in multiple directions. I want to thank Jersey Bank so much for being here today and for sharing her story, and I want to thank you all for listening. We have just two more brand new episodes left of season one. We're going to take a little hiatus going into the holidays, and we will be back January 10th with season two. Lots of new conversations, lots of new faces, many who you know and who you've seen and who you're going to be so excited to hear from. Have a great rest of the week and stay tuned for another episode of Dear Founder coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday.